Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. It's Ashley with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. He is the founder of Total Life Freedom Community. Uh, Vincent and his wife paid off $144,000, which does include their mortgage, in just three and a half years. They were able to take their low-income jobs, start their own businesses while they paid off their debt so that they could do it even faster, and now they have Total Life freedom. They're able to homeschool their three boys and travel and they have the option to do what they want in life. And so if you are ready to also get started on that debt payoff journey, you can get your free debt starter kit at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt so that you can get started and begin that journey of uh, just options in life. Whatever it is that you want to do, you can have that freedom to make those choices just like Vincent and I, and you can get started today. So go to budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt. And thank you, Vincent, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Vincent. I can't wait to hear your story to debt freedom, paying off debt. And, you know, I, it sounds like you have a, a um, amazing and adventurous life traveling all over and the freedom that being debt free gives to you. Um, so thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This is a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm really excited to share your journey because, you know, we were talking before uh, the podcast about how you homeschool and you're able to kind of travel and do what you want. Now you've moved um, because of, you know, all this stuff going on in the world and wanting to have a little bit more freedom and nicer weather, of course. So can you give us just kind of a little bit of background about yourself and kind of how you started this journey to paying off debt? Yeah, I'm happy to. Well, the funny thing is, I, it's not something I've really paid attention to. I didn't realize I was paying attention to it. You know, as, as, these things are shaped to us from a young age. So we try to really model this to our kids as well. But I grew up in a household that was a normal, you know, I grew up in New York and, and normal middle-class upbringing. We grew up in a, in a higher end area, even though we had no money. So it was kind of a weird thing. My parents moved there to give a better school district, but I got to be around all the kids that had, you know, Jaguars and Mercedes Benz that their parents gave them just because they graduated or just because they passed their road test. And I'm driving my parents Pinto feeling like a complete loser, but even though we're in like this nice area. So I had to really pay attention to money and I worked. So my dad, I remember from 10 years old, I'll never forget the moment, me and my brother were watching TV and there was a car ad on TV. And we're like oohing and on over the car ad. It's like, oh yeah, and my dad got up. This is back when you actually get up to turn the television off. There was, yeah. you know, I don't even know if we had a remote. <laughs> And he got me turn the television off right in front of us. And he said, all right, I'm telling you right now, we are not buying you a car. So I'm 10 years old. I didn't even think about buying a car. <laughs> my brother was probably 12. I, I might've been 11. He might've been 13. So he was thinking about it. And it's like, we're not buying you a car. We are not paying your insurance. And I'm like, what's insurance? It's like, so he starts <laughs> sitting down and explaining this to us. Just wanting you to know, if you want to buy a car, when you're ready, you're going to have to work, earn the money, save it, and then buy it changed the way I thought, right? Because I I just thought, you know, I get allowance. And then mm-hmm. we've never been a fan of allowance because what are you allowing? 
you're allowing somebody to give you money without working for it. That never jived with my parents, didn't jive with us. So we did the same thing with our kids. We're like, we're not giving you money. We'll pay for your food and your clothes, but if you want stuff, you're going to earn it. So from, you know, 13, 11, 12, 13 years old, I was delivering newspapers. I was working in little stores. Back then you can get away with it more. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot more yeah. child laws, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, thanks to my parents, developed a work ethic very early on. But when I was 16 years old or 15, my, my brother was moving out. He, you know, we were, we were both not the best students in the world. We didn't really care about school. So he graduated and he got out. He went to New Mexico to hang out with friends for six months. But when that happened, my dad's business collapsed. I mean, literally he had a, he, had a, he was a draftsman. So he's in the construction world. And overnight, his partner went into the accounts and emptied out all the money. Oh my goodness. So literally wow. you go to sleep one night as a normal kid right? And you wake up the next day and, and literally you're, you're broke. You're fa- like, because all the money's gone and very quickly, all of the jobs that they had going on started shutting down because they couldn't, they couldn't do the jobs. There was no money to hire anybody. There was no money to get the equipment out of there. You know, they were dealing with hazmat stuff. So we had the county and the state calling him like, you got to get the stuff out of here. It costs money to get that stuff out. Right. There was no money. Wow. So we went, you know, my dad went into complete depression. Like I remember walking downstairs to school morning after morning and him just laying on the couch, just face down, not knowing what to do. Yeah. And you know, at at my age, I'm kind of like, that stinks, but I'm still so self-involved that I don't realize what's really going on Right. until, you know, and I'm working. So my dad had taught me to work. So I'm going to work every day after school. And one day he comes up to me and I come down the stairs and he asked me and I, I get choked up thinking about it. He goes, can I borrow $700? I need $700 to pay a bill. Now I'm saving money. And as a 16 year old to lend your dad $700 when he's raised you your entire life and to see him like that, like it really had an effect on me in terms of what money can do to your family, even when you don't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, I was raised kind of like the way I thought was, I don't want to be in debt. I don't want a car payment. I don't want any type of credit card. So I didn't have credit cards for years because my brother was on the other hand, he was, he didn't mind it at all because he didn't see what happened. Mm -hmm. So we both grew up in the same household. So I went all those years without having any type of debt, but then I went to college. I went to college later. I I went throughout my early twenties, but I dropped out a bunch. Like I said, not a good student until I found photography. And then I went all in and that became my career for over 20 years go to school. And now I'm around everybody else. I become normal again. I go and I get some college debt. And then I meet my amazing wife, Elizabeth at school. We get this job together, a newspaper, and and we become normal. We become American. We buy a house. So now we have a mortgage. Well, we need a car. We get a car loan. We have, oh, we need furniture. So we borrow money for furniture. It started, you know, once, once you have one, like I wrote in my book, it's like, once you, it's like a tattoo. Once you have one debt, it's like, oh, Let's get another one. What's the deal? What's the big deal? It's not a problem. All of a sudden, we are sitting here. I'm making $32,000 a year at this newspaper. My wife's making 30, and we want to start a family. And it's all fine and good until that moment. The debt piles up. You don't really feel it. And I'm like, wait a second. She wants to stay home with our son. I don't make that much money. And we got all this debt piling up. And how am I going to do this? So I call my dad to see if I can work for him. I'm like, can I, well, what happened was I went to my boss because I'm, I'm going to get a raise. We have a kid. This is the time where they're going to give me more than a, a basic raise. And I had won at this point, international sports photographer for the year. I was the top in my field making, wow. you know, and they come and they said, 
the best we can do is give you 3%. And I'm like, I've done everything I could possibly do. They know we have a baby coming and they couldn't. And I got so upset. I'm like, 3% of your salary might be something, but 3% of nothing mm-hmm. is still nothing. So I went home and I called my dad. said, can I work with you? Because I, I need to make some more money. I don't know how to do it. And he turned me down. So now my dad's turning me down. I've got, you know, everything's going wrong. And he said something that changed my life. And he said, I've been trying to tell you this. You haven't listened. Maybe you're going to listen now. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And he said, you have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you weren't a good photographer. You were a beginner, you were a beginner but you worked at this. You got a lot better. He goes, you're settling. You're settling for $32,000 a year in benefits for safety. And he goes, where you could go out and shoot corporate jobs. You could shoot sport, pro sports. You could do weddings. You could do anything. You can have no income limit and you can control your time and you're settling for this. And it's really hard when your dad tells you this because usually it's the mm-hmm. opposite. Get a safe job, right? Get secure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he told me the exact opposite because he saw how much I was struggling. So literally that day, called a bunch of photographers to see if I could work with them. They all said, no. I said, forget it. We're starting our own business. I called my wife. I said, we're starting a business. She's eight months pregnant. I'm she's telling like, her we're starting. Are you crazy? <laughs> exactly. But she knows I'm crazy. And she's like, okay. I'm like, she knows. I know she wants to stay home. She does as well. So we started a business that day. And that was literally the beginning of our debt-free journey. Because when that happens, when we realize we're $144,000 in debt and I make $32,000 a year and there's no way out. Like mm-hmm. basically my job, will, I will be in debt for the rest of my career and more if I don't change something. So what I changed was we started a business and what we said was every dime of, of income profit from that business goes to pay down debt. We're not going on vacation. We're not buying furniture. We're not going out to eat more. Literally, we're going to live off of my salary. We are going to pay down the debt with the business income. So what will happen is my, in my mind, as the debt goes down, the business income goes up. And then at some point, there's not going to be debt and there's going to be a business that makes good money. And then I could leave the job and we could have freedom. Mm-hmm. And that and that was three and a half year process. And I can go through any of that that you want, but that took us from, you know, $32,000 a year and all that debt to completely debt free, including our house and just time freedom. So wow. that was the overview. That's awesome. So was the 144,000 including your house too? It was because our house wasn't very expensive. We had a little house to start. I think there was... There was about a hundred grand in, in on the house and about 44,000 in consumer, which, which doesn't seem that that was 2005. So it doesn't seem as big now, but back then with that income, it was, it felt really daunting. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a lot. So how fast did you end up uh, being able to pay all of that off? We started in, I would say August of 2005 paying down. And then we paid off the mortgage in, I'm trying to think what it was. It was less, it was about three and a half years later. Total. It was all done. That's amazing. So it sounds like your business did pretty well. Did it take you a while to start making a profit or were you um, doing pretty well pretty quickly? It was the first year was tough. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've talked to people about. The first year in business is always the toughest. You don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You make, (laughs) you make all the mistakes. You learn the tax laws. You learn the contract laws. You, you will make your biggest mistake during, during that year. And a lot of people quit because it was too hard. I couldn't do it. I'm not fit for this. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is you're not fit for it because you weren't taught it. We didn't, almost all of us did not go to school to think like an entrepreneur. 
we went to school to think like an employee. So when you have 12 years of that plus college, and then you go out and then you work for somebody for a while to start a business is it's a foreign language. It's, it's, you know, so different that yin and yang to, to having a job. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to quit, right. So to quit yeah. after a year, most people have not given themselves the time to do it. Cause the way I say it, if you're employable at a hundred thousand dollars at a job, you are worth to them $300,000 or 400, cause they wouldn't pay you a hundred thousand if you're only worth a hundred thousand. Right. And if they you can understand money. So yes, they're not here just for charity. So if you're valuable for that, you are valuable on the open market. And even if you do business at half, you know, what you could do, you're still making more and, and, and getting more time to do what you want to do. So um, that was, it was the entrepreneurial angle that made that money to get us out of debt. And that's pretty amazing that your dad had that insight as well, because he was an entrepreneur as well. So he kind of had that background where most parents would be like, no, take the safe job where he's like encouraging you to start your own business so that you can make more money. Yeah. And I had the, I had both worlds. I had a dad like that. And I had a mom who had a, a steady government job. So I had a mom who always stayed in the job for 35 years for the benefits. Yeah. And I remember coming home and, and hearing my mom at the dinner table complaining about work every night. And literally the, my dad, five out of seven nights would say, quit the damn job. Just quit <laughs> all the time. But she couldn't. She was such an employee mindset that, you know, what am I going to, she didn't have any ideas to do anything otherwise. So might as well stick with this. My dad had nine different businesses, you know, throughout time. He always was trying something new. I was so much more attracted to that side of it, even with all the downsides that he experienced, mm-hmm. right? Having his business collapse and still encouraging me to go in that direction and me wanting to do that. Um, that's a testament to him. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so what are you doing with your kids to kind of teach them about finances? I know you said that you don't do allowance and uh, maybe encourage them as well to start a business because, you know, as you know, when you have a business, your income is really uh, potential is limitless as yeah. opposed to as an employee where, you know, you've got your yearly salary and things like that. So what are you doing um, to kind of encourage your children as well? Yeah, it's a big part of what we do. It's, it, this is school. People go, what does what homeschool look like? Like life is homeschool, right? Mm-hmm. I think people think it's in front of a desk at home. Like that is not the case. We are, it's all life experiences. So in the beginning, you know, Andrew's 16 now, when he was eight or nine, it was, what's something you can do? What's something you can do? It doesn't have to be your passion, but what's something you can do to earn money? And first idea we came up with was, oh, we can make, fl- we could paint flags on pallets like that you get at Home mm-hmm. Depot because they give them away for free. So they were doing those and we still have the pictures of them. They were making like $25, $40 a pallet. It took time and a lot of energy, but yeah. they literally got to do it. And then we delivered it and they saw the response. We have friends that still have the pallets in front of their house now. And they go, we did that, right? So there was that, there was shoveling snow. Then eventually it was, you know, mowing lawns, anything to get you going, get movement, start thinking, start saving money, start investing. And it went from jobs, service-based jobs that you could do to make money to, you know, I don't really like mowing lawns anymore. Like, well, if you don't develop something, you're going to kind of continue to mow lawns or you can create something around something that you, you love. So what we've always done here is interest-based learning with our homeschooling. Instead of just going by a curriculum, what are you interested in? So like I mentioned to you before, our oldest is into bugs. Mm-hmm. So ever since he was four years old, he's been into, he wanted a tarantula for Christmas at four. And we're like, no. we're like, no. 
And then I'm like, what else do you want? He said, a scorpion. I'm like, oh, you know. So, but but we went to Arizona about four years ago when he found a scorpion. He brought it home and he brought another one home and then he bought a tarantula. And then, then what happened last year, as he's making money doing these other things, is he, he brought it to the beach over here in Florida and everybody started like, whether they were freaking out or they were just in, completely enthralled, he kept getting attention from it. And the next day we went out, I said, bring a tip cup and just sit there and just, you know, let people hold it. He sat there and people would hold it. People would scream, people would curse, whatever. <laughs> Got a response no matter what. He made $55 his first day sitting Yay! by the beach just sit in there. tips. So then his brother started, Nolan started doing balloon animals. And we're like, well, this is kind of cool. Like you guys could do this together. You do bugs, you do balloons. We could do birthday parties, like bugs and balloons, birthday yeah. parties. You can get, so they started doing that. Now they get, he, he just got a, a gig for $225 for a birthday party. That's wow. pretty much going right. And we go, so we started going to this place called John's Pass here in Florida during spring break last year. I was like, I swear, actually, I was like a drug dealer. He was making so much money <laughs> that I'm like in going between cars at nighttime with the lights shining and I'm counting the money without anybody seeing me and putting it in my pocket. Yeah. Nolan's making the money from the balloons. Andrew's making the money from the bugs. And I've got one pocket for Nolan, one pocket for Andrew. I'm jamming the money in here. And I'm trying to keep <laughs> for two weeks straight. They made between 200 and $250 each cash just in tips. That's awesome. We had a wow. backpack full of cash. It's like we robbed a bank when we left Florida. <laughs> and so, but they, but they get to experience it. They get to interact with adults. And one guy came up to him, gave him $20. He didn't even want to hold the bug. Bugs, he, he said, this is just cool that you're doing this. I love seeing kids working. And he said to him, he said, he goes, you know, if you keep doing this, you don't have to, you know, it'll pay for college. And we kind of looked at each other because we're not so keen on college the way it is these days. And he waited and then he said, you know, if you keep doing this, you won't have to go to college. And we're like, that's exactly right. That's, right. <laughs> that, that's what we're thinking. <laughs> so those are, those are some of the things that we do here. It's, it's a conversation we have a lot. That's pretty amazing. So what do you think about, um, or did you do anything besides, um, starting your business to help you along the journey? Like, did you, ha um, you know, cause not everybody's going to want to start a business. Were you mm -hmm. able to, or did you, you know, maybe cut expenses or, uh, change the way you managed your spending plan or your budget? Um, did you do anything like that or was it primarily the business income? Oh yeah. We, we got really, um, uh, what's the word, really tuned into what the budget was, mm -hmm. really tuned into it to the point where it bit me in the butt because I'm, I was not as much anymore, but I was a huge football fan, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's uh, my whole life. And so we're on this crazy, you know, cutting everything for a little, just for a little while. So we get this done and 2006, you know, so we're right in the middle of it. We're starting to pay it down. Elizabeth wants to get her hair done. I'm like, can't you wait a little bit? Like I'm being as cheap as possible. <laughs> and then the Steelers make this unexpected run towards the Super Bowl. And my dream since I was seven years old was to see the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And it's in Detroit that year. And we live in Indiana at that point. And I'm like, starting to look at Super Bowl tickets. And I think at that point it was like $1,600 or whatever a ticket. And of course I go into justification mode. I go, you know, <laughs> And she's like, they no, may never go to the Super Bowl again in your lifetime. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. I'm like, this, you know, like I, I'll find a way to make the money. You know, I'm because I'm I could be persuasive when I want it <laughs> and I'll usually win. Right. I'll usually she'll get so annoyed with me. This, All right. Whatever. Yeah, just, but this time, just leave she, me alone. <laughs> yeah. And, and she did that. But she gave me that look. 
And I was like, what was that look? And she kind of just said, you know, you can do this if you want. And I support you. And I know you've always wanted this, but I just don't think it's fair that I've had to cut everything and I can't do all these things. And I've gone along with it. And, and, but you're going to be able to go to the Super Bowl because when, when something that you really want, it'll happen. And I was like, I'm like, you're right. You're right. I was like, you're right. So I said, okay. So I didn't go. And I remember watching it on TV and we had a bar downstairs in the basement and she came downstairs and I'm watching the post game show and I'm not even excited. I'm like, I should be there. And I, so I watched my team win the Super Bowl. So the crazy thing is, so we cut all that stuff, but three years later, they go back again. They're in the playoffs and they're on their way. They could go to the Super Bowl. She comes down. I'm at the same bar and I'm at StubHub looking at tickets. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm look, just looking at tickets, just looking. And she goes, how much are they? I think they're like $2,000. And she said, just buy it. I said, what are you talking about? Just buy it. She goes, just buy it. She said, last time you didn't get to go, we've gotten ourselves out of debt. We've got the money. You've always wanted this. And she goes, and I don't want to hear you talk about this for three weeks. Just buy the ticket. And I bought the ticket and I went to the game and it was like one of the best Super Bowls ever is when the Steelers won like on a last second touchdown in, in, in Tampa here. And we, I flew out here. So by delaying gratification, I didn't get what I wanted at first, but it turned out to be the best thing for me. So, but there was, so to your question, there was a lot of cutting, a lot of budgeting, a lot of sacrifice for a couple of years to get there. So, you know, temporary. So was your wife always on board with the plan then? Or did you, um, or were both of you on the, on board with the plan or? No, no, I was, I, I drove the train. I was the annoying one. Yeah. I was, you know, there's always one person. It's, it's usually just the one. Yeah. Yes. I have to kind of drag the other one along. <laughs> we, we were, I, I heard Dave Ramsey on the radio in 2003 before he was a household name. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who is this guy? He sounds like a hillbilly, but he's making a lot of sense. <laughs> it was like in some backwoods, Indiana radio station on assignment. And I'm listening like every day. So I said, Elizabeth, we gotta, we gotta do this. And we went to Denver and I, I and I had, the, I bought the book in the airport, the total money makeover. She wouldn't read it. She was just typical. I don't want to hear it. We're fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. I don't want to do that. And we were driving to New York to see my family one day. And I said, will you please just read this book? I think it will change our life if we do this. And she's like, Ugh. so she begrudgingly, and I'm just like driving, but I'm looking at her the whole time. I'm like, what? It, Cause she's, when she closes that book, either we're doing this or we're not. Mm -hmm. And she, I'll never forget. She closed the book and she said, let's do this. And I was like, yes. And from that point on, cause you know, it's hard to do this if only one person's on board. It is, yeah. And she got on board and I still drove the train, but she was, you know, she was in it. And we both had a common vision of freedom of raising our kids the way we wanted to. And, and, but once we did it, it was like, we had control of our time. We had control of our money. And it's literally from that moment on, it's been freedom. That's awesome. So what have you been able to do now um, that you couldn't do before? Um, like what does freedom mean for you that paying yeah, off that, debt you can do now? It's a great question. Cause to me, it's not, it's not so money-based. I think people think, oh, I need to replace my income. I need to make X amount of money. It wasn't, I wanted time freedom more than I wanted money. I wanted to be able to wake up every day and make the decisions for what I wanted to do. So I envisioned a life where, you know, how do I work X amount of hours for things that I have to do? Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time I could work on anything that I want, or I could spend time with my kids or we can travel. I want options more than anything. I wanted options. So that's what it's done. It's allowed us to be more bold when we built our photography business. We were able to charge more money because we didn't need it. So we said, we're going to work less jobs and make more and have a higher quality of client, mm -hmm. essentially. 
right. they appreciated it more. We didn't think that would be the case. We thought the more expensive people would be the more pains. It was the cheaper people that were the pains. That, yeah. That's something we learned. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we worked less jobs and it gave me time to then write a book. Never thought I'd have time to write a book, but I got to sit down with no stress and write a book. And then that book led to the idea of, oh, I can coach on this or I can teach entrepreneurs how to build a business. So one day I said, I don't want to shoot weddings anymore. And if we weren't out of debt and if we weren't financially set, I would have to keep doing those jobs. Mm -hmm. But I said to, I came home one night from a wedding. Some drunk guy was giving me a hard time at the reception. And I said to Elizabeth, I said, I am done photographing drunk people dancing at 1030 at night. Yeah. I'm done. It's I'm a done. lot of work. Like, and it takes your whole weekend and yeah, doing weddings is a lot. <laughs> you're prepping all day on Friday. You're tired all day on Sunday. And then your kids are getting older and they were in school at that point. So we weren't seeing them. Mm -hmm. So we said that we want to shift. So I said, can I, so I had a conversation with a DJ helping him build his business. And I said, if I could do that for a living, I'd be happy. I'd really enjoy that. So I said, I told Elizabeth, I said, if I could have conversations for a living, that would be ideal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we started. So it started one-on-one -on -one coaching on finances, then on business, and then doing masterminds, and then group coaching. And now I run a community with masterminds and have a podcast and speak and all these type of things. And it all built out from that. None of this would have been possible if I was working for money a lot more hours out of the week. Awesome. Yeah, that's, and I love that you brought up that it gives you options because that's what I always tell people too, because it's not, you know, you don't have to quit your job. Like a lot of people yeah. love their jobs, you know, mm -hmm. but it gives you the option to be able to, to quit your job if you want to, or move if you want to, or travel, like all the, it's just whatever you want to do. And it's personal. Um, because I don't travel that much. I don't like to fly and things. So, but, <laughs> but, but I your, know a lot of your, people do. <laughs> no, but your options are different than mine, right? Mm -hmm. We travel up until we got here, we were traveling every winter and we'd leave for three or four months because we could. But the options part of it, I think people should so often they don't think beyond what's going on now. Like, I love my job. And then they will literally will come to me and they go, I just got laid off. What do I do? Mm -hmm. I said, You get a DeLorean. And you go back in time a year <laughs> and you start talking to me then because you, you did it wrong not being prepared. Even though, even if you don't want to start a business, even if you're happy in your job, we always pretend like it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. Our business is going wonderfully. But as the year starts getting close to the end, I start preparing. This is all going to go away. Everybody's going to fire me. Something's going to happen. I need to be building something new. Always. I need to be keeping my, building my network, keeping my eye out there because if you depend on one income and you lose that income, you've lost everything. And people don't think about that until it happens. Mm -hmm. And then you go, wow, I should have. Then they start calling people like, hey, how do I get in and do this? I'm like, you haven't kept in touch with anybody in years and nobody's going to help you now. They would if you kept in touch with people. They don't build their network right. They do it only out of desperation. And then they, they scramble. So even if you love your job, you still have to be prepared that you're not going to have that job. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, what would be like your number one piece of advice for somebody that is wanting to get started on paying off debt, managing their money better, but you know, they haven't started yet, or they're afraid to get started. They don't think they can do it. You know, all the things uh, mm -hmm. for people that are just kind of thinking about it and haven't started. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody like that? There's a lot. I'll give you yeah. one. There's a lot because it's not just one, but what, the thing that did it for us is we sat down and Andrew was a baby and 
when, when, when we first started doing this. And we, we were broke as a joke. So I can say this, like we didn't have any money. We didn't have any privilege to be like, oh, you had it easy. We didn't. Um, but I, we said, what do we want life to look like in 10 years? Like what the 10 year, and I'm not a big long-term vision business, like five, five year plan for business because business changes so fast. But life, I can envision the life. And I said, okay, we're gonna have a 10 year old. We're probably gonna have one or two more kids. If you know, God willing, things go well. What I want for that life is time with them. I want to wake up and not feel stressed, not rush out to a train, to be able to travel if we want, to be able to be with them during the day, have, have that. So we envisioned the life that we wanted with our kids. And then we said, how do we get there? And that's how we decided on the entrepreneurial path that we did because we weren't entrepreneurs. We were not, you know, but we said, we're not going to have that if we're both working full time in a job. We're not going to have these. So we decided what life we wanted. And then we just started building the things that we wanted to build to get there. And it shifted along the way. And you, you build confidence along the way. You know, I could do this. Why can't I do this? And what, but it's when you don't make any steps. So when you can have that vision of what you want life to look like five or 10 years from now and really hone in on that, then you just take the day-to-day steps to get there. It's not nearly as hard as it seems, but we make it hard by not doing the daily actions to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of every episode, I like to ask people what their favorite nonfiction book is. Do you have um, one that you'd like to recommend? Yeah, there's just one. That's a challenge. I question. know, I know. <laughs> Cause I want to go here and I want to go there for this conversation. I'll pick go the book, rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki was a game changer for us it was a because it, it was it resembled our life and i think a lot of people can understand it he had a rich dad and he had a poor dad essentially his, his real life dad was poor was a government employee never knew how to handle money never understood it didn't care just wanted to work in his job his friend's dad was the rich guy that owned all this property on the island he was an entrepreneur and he considered that his other dad so he learned about business and life from him. So we got to see both sides of it. He got to talk to his dad about business and life. He got to talk to his other dad about it. And the difference between them just completely was mind blowing for him in terms of how he grew and what he learned and how, you know, the freedom that he has in his life. Um, so that book, I read that book. I didn't have enough money to buy it because we were so broke, but I read it in, I read it in Barnes and Noble in Evansville. And I was like, I would go back two or three times during a week and read the same book over and over again and take notes and, that book had such an effect on our life. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if there's a bookstore around here anymore. <laughs> Just... so, yeah, it's disappointing. I love bookstores. I know, I do too. Um, so how can people find more about you? Yeah, I do a, a daily podcast. A daily short form podcast is like five to seven minutes. Try to make people better every day. Um, it's called Total Life Freedom, Total Life Freedom Podcast. You can find that. The website's called totallifefreedom.com. Any information about us is on there. I also have an audio. I wrote a book called Freelance to Freedom, and I recorded the audio book, and your listeners can have it for free. It's the full book, so I can send you the link for that. Absolutely. It's on our website at totallifefreedom.com. Give it away totally for free. want as many people to read it as possible and hopefully be inspired by the journey, get themselves out of debt, and build that life of freedom for themselves. Awesome. And I'll link to everything in the show notes, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Vincent for being on the show today. And don't forget that you can get started on paying off debt today. Go to budgetsmadeeasy.com slash debt to get your free debt starter kit. And I will talk to you guys next week.